right, so we are recording, okay. and then I'm going to get ready to go live on Facebook, and then okay. we will get started. I'm so excited to have y'all tonight, though. I really am. We are excited, too. <laughs> All right, let's see. and everything in real quick and then we'll be ready I need to get some glasses and quit playing <laughs> <laughs> I got contacts that I don't wear but I think I'm getting to the point where I gotta quit playing and start wearing you gotta them. wear Yes, I'm blind. That's why I need my contacts. You know, all my kids got glasses. You know that comes from somewhere. It's me. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, God. All righty. With the conversation. And I'm excited to be here with my special guest. Let me make sure this is down. I'm here with the Chambers. We got Jaron yeah. and Carol. <laughs> and so I want to say welcome to the conversation, y'all. I'm so I'm glad y'all here. here. We got Jaron and Carol. <laughs> I hear feedback. There we go. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm good. good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so welcome, y'all. I'm so glad that you guys decided to join me tonight. We got a special, special, special episode in store for those who will be watching. And so... Um, I just want to officially welcome you again. This is my bootleg podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is this this podcast was bas- basically birthed um, from the book of Jude. I just really want to be able to continue to share God's word through conversation, um, contending for our Christian faith. And tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about, or a lot a bit about, um, some reasons why Black millennials are leaving the church. Right. Yep. Okay. And so, um, and so I decided for those who are going to be tuning in, I will give it a few minutes to see if anybody's going to log in and log on and tune in. But I, I wanted to ask Carol and Jerron to join, um, for a couple different reasons. First of all, I know you guys love God. You're filled with the spirit of God. You guys are married. You guys are black. (laughs) 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 Um, but I, I knew you guys would be able to really, um, just really dig into this conversation and be prayerful about it and really be able to articulate well to um, our audience, to our listeners when it comes to talking to the subject of, you know, why black millennials are leaving the church. They're leaving our faith. They're living, they're leaving Christianity. I think it's important for us to kind of tackle that topic. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Before we get started, I want you guys to... Um, Basically, introduce yourselves and, and tell me a little bit about who you are. Tell our viewers a little bit about who you are, how long you've been married, you got children, and just whatever you want us to know about you. All right. Well, I'm Carol. Um, so we are from, I'm from the area. We met in college. <laughs> we met running track. It's a lot like love and basketball. Okay, love you, but uh, yeah, I'm from the area. I grew up. I grew up in Youngstown until I was about ten years old, and then we moved. I went to Gerard for one year. Went to 
And then I graduated from McDonald's. So from my fifth grade on, uh, that's where we're from. Um, I was a teacher for our seven years. Um, then I went to social work. So I was school-based therapist. And now um, I work um, in the, that kind of same field for the mental health recovery board. So that is what I do. And nice. we have three kids. We have three girls. It's a girl family. Even the dog okay. is a girl. We lost our cat today. She was a girl. <laughs> so, so he's the only guy. Yeah. He's a real girl dad. <laughs> All right. Um, yes. Yeah. He's a great dad too. <laughs> All right. Um, Duran, um, I grew up in Dayton, uh, born and raised in that area, suburb, which is called Trotwood. Um, and then, uh, let's see, we met, yeah, we met in college, mm-hmm. which was uh, in Akron. Mm-hmm. And then, um, let's see, after many, like, customer service jobs working in the bank, um, finally, like, went back to school and... Uh, so right now I'm working transmission um, for uh, First Energy and kind of, it's kind of hard to explain what we do, but the basis of it is kind of like watching the grid and controlling power and mm-hmm. rerouting power. Okay. Um, but um, that's pretty, that's like my, my day to day. Nice. That's it. Nice, nice. Okay, and so tell us some things y'all like to do for fun before we jump into the serious part. Oh, we uh, we watch movies all the time. <laughs> yeah. um, we are big movie people. Yeah, movies. I'm into sports. Uh, so I'll probably like be watching any, anything sports related down to like now, now that basketball's over, soccer and baseball. And she's right. she'll be reading and writing, reading and writing while I'm watching sports. <laughs> nice, nice. Y'all sound a lot like me and Chad because we do the same. Yeah. <laughs> we do, we do the yeah. same thing. <laughs> All right, I'm just tagging y'all on here, and we'll go ahead and get ready to get started. We're good. There we go. Okay. All right. So now we got to know a little bit about you guys. Um, y'all got a whole little tribe over there. Y'all got a beautiful family. Y'all have a beautiful, beautiful family. I can't wait to meet uh, you girls too one day. One day. <laughs> um, so, so what I want to do is just go ahead and get ready to just get started and jump right into it, right? So, so this this okay. this topic is um, it, it's very near and dear to my heart. I think to our hearts. Um, because we are Christians, we're followers of Christ, we're believers. Um, we also are mm-hmm. African American. Um, we love who we are. We love who God has created us to be. And um, it's also been kind of heartbreaking to see, you know, other African American um, brothers and sisters who were in the faith or of the faith who are walking away now from their Christian faith or walking away from mm-hmm. the church because. Um, of many multiple reasons. So we wanted to talk about tonight um, some of the reasons why uh, black millennials are walking away from the faith and um, even how we can encourage them, you know, and how can we encourage the church as well on how to deal with this, um, I want to say epidemic kind of. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So let's just jump right into it. So the first thing I think I want to ask you guys um, is just let's just name let's go through and name some reasons why we we've seen um or experienced Mm -hmm. why some black millennials have walked away from from the church let's just kind of just jump into it Mm -hmm. um 
the first thing that comes to mind for for me is like church hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Being being um, um, uh, um, being hurt by people that are as quote like as supposedly the uh, um, the God fearing and loving as God, mm-hmm. um, but but the community not feeling that feeling that love. Mm-hmm. Um, so the easy thing to do is just separate yourself from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sometimes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind for me. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. church hurt. You know, and I, I, yeah. I love that he said that because I think that that's one, and I'll let you add on to it, Carol. I think that's, that's mm-hmm. one one of the number one reasons why anyone will leave the church because the church hurt, yeah, you know, but especially mm-hmm. black millennials. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that we started off with that. Did you want to say something, Carol? No, I was, I was going to say exactly that, what you said, like it's everywhere. Like, you know, it crosses cultures or whatever this, mm-hmm. this hurts. And it's like you said, hypocrisy. <laughs> um, and a lot of times what I feel like we do when there's church hurt is we minimize people's um when they that excuse when they say that they were like people are people like i'm not perfect you see those quotes all the time on facebook where it's like jesus is perfect but i'm not perfect and it's true yeah but instead of like learning from that we mm-hmm. is the difference between learning from it and it being reality and turning the other way from it and just letting that be your reality something that you just want to walk in mm-hmm. like i'm not perfect so yeah, I'm going to hurt you, like, <laughs> and then that's it. But we should be doing, using everything God has given us and the tools he's given us in about relationships. So that doesn't happen because it does have consequences. Right. It's not expect to be hurt and be hurt. It's like, okay, no, you have to, when our kids mess up, what happens? You're like, okay, I know you're sorry, but there are consequences to when you do this to people. You might lose a friend. You might lose people. You may be the reason someone has, has turned away. Um. And those are some, those, that's serious. And so maybe we should take that church hurt and then our role in church hurt a little bit more uh, serious. Yeah. Um, instead of kind of being like, I'm human, right. <laughs> you know, because right. God says we are a new creation. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I love, I love how you put that. I think sometimes um, we can, we can use being human as a cop out um, mm-hmm. instead of just, you know, confessing or asking for forgiveness when we do hurt someone because um i don't know about y'all but i've experienced church hurt in my life and i'm sure that i've probably hurt some people as well unintentionally in the church Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. and so there's been Mm -hmm. times where i've had to um go back to my brother or my sister and say you know what can we meet can we talk like you know and just sit down and say you know, mm-hmm. um, let me know what's going on. And when they say, okay, well, you did A, B, C, D, E, F, G to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to hurt me and I feel some kind of way about it, then I have to humble myself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if, if it's a legitimate, mm-hmm. um, you know, hurt, should I say, then I need to be able to empathize and, and ask for forgiveness and, and just humble myself mm-hmm. and try, you know, to express that prayerfully it wasn't intentional and, and to not make that same yeah. mistake you know what i'm saying and try to right. try to restore and mend that relationship and not all the time will yeah. relationships be restored but i do think that right. it's possible i do think that it's healthy um as believers for us to own up to it or to not just discount somebody because they say well i don't go to church anymore because i was hurt and then not even try to ask mm-hmm. them okay well can we talk about this let's unpack how yeah. you were hurt mm-hmm. we don't even a lot of times we don't even ask how they were hurt we just you know yeah. 
Yeah, that's just exactly. And um, and I like how you said that we. So when things do happen, because they will happen, conflict is going to happen. I am going. Um, am, I, am I on? Can you yeah, hear yeah. me, Cassandra? Yeah, I can, can you hear me, Cassandra? Froze, but yeah, you good, yeah. I'm out. Okay. Um, but I don't know what the last thing you heard that I said, but um, when we do, when we are the reason, because we're human, sometimes we are the reasons that we, we might hurt other people, is that God gives us a way to restore. And so we need to take that seriously and try to reconcile. We shouldn't just skip that step and say, oh, well. Um, and that is humility right. because a lot of times the other person sometimes most of the time it's both not all the time because i i'm even careful with that because sometimes it will be like well what did you do sometimes the person really did not do any do anything right. but right. it does not mean that we don't have a responsibility to walk alongside of our brother and sister and restoring them in love right that still doesn't justify us kind of being like well they did it to me then oh that's they did it that's them mm-hmm. we're not called to that because jesus could have did the same thing And if you continue to look at him, which we're supposed to, and I feel like we hear that all the time. Mm -hmm. Oh, they want us to be like Jesus. He's serious. (laughs) He did not come off the cross and neither are we. So when somebody else does this wrong and it's on them, I'm not saying to, uh, to, to put up with toxic behaviors or toxic, toxic traits. Right. But, um, there is a way we can still walk with another person um, in love when they have wronged us. And I can say sorry for something that my role in something Mm -hmm. and maybe not even expect an apology from you. Cause it's, if I see it, it's not really about the relationship and the conflict in the end really isn't even about what's going on. It's about the end. It's about that end prize. It's about that. And if I keep my eyes focused on that, then I'm not going to just sit in there trying to, argue with you about stuff that (laughs) doesn't even really matter right right Mm -hmm. I think that's that's real good and I think that also we have to um just sometimes we have to forgive even if we don't get the apology you know right yeah and Mm -hmm. and that's another that I think that all of that comes with maturity uh spiritual maturity you know what I'm saying uh, because mm-hmm. naturally we're, you know, naturally we're sinful people. And so we don't just naturally, um, forgive or, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think as we grow in Christ, as we continue to develop our relationship with him and his character is working itself in us and, and out of us, like we'll be able to be quick to forgive. And even if we don't get the apology that we need, you know what I mean? Or also, I think understanding, also understanding that the Lord desires for his people, his children, his sons and daughters to come together and to be in community with each other. And so with that, um, it's more of an obedience thing versus they hurt me. And so I'm going to walk away. Like, I'm not going to allow you to make me disobey God. Like, nah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Right. (laughs) Yes. And and then, you know, it's funny. I've heard so many sermons over the pulpit Mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, that person who's doing this to you at work and this person who's doing this in the dark at church, get thee behind me, Satan. And we are yelling and screaming and clapping because we want vengeance on our own account. And it, it some at some point it it begins to be it's not even vengeance for God or glorifying God. And when we do that, why are we stomping? Why are we praising when we hear that? It's right. because we're going to be avenged. 
Right. You know, but, but it's not, I thought it wasn't about us. <laughs> and right. that's a hard thing because that's the radicalism of Jesus though. Yeah. And that's the part we, we want to be radical for Jesus. These believers up to a point, yep. right. we don't want to be that radical. Now you don't right. gone too far. Cause I'm not weak. And that is something, you know, in our culture, mm-hmm. you can't be weak. You can't have nobody disrespect Especially you. What? In, in, in the African-American culture, like in our black culture, you'll get called soft. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you'll be looked down on, like you soft, like you a punk or whatever. Because you letting people try you, and they don't realize like it's it's not that I'm soft. It's just that I'm I'm redeemed. I'm surrendered, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm trying right. to let this thing out. <laughs> right, right. And there's a reason he says kill them with kindness. But I don't want to not kill. And see, when we hear that, we're thinking kill them. Like literally, right. it's not even from the right heart. But right. no, kill that flesh part of them. Right. That right. flesh part of them, especially right. if they're we're talking about brothers and sisters of Christ, especially, but any even the world. Right. You can kill somebody's flesh part of them, that part of them that wants to sin against you yeah. with kindness. Yeah. Not them and their person. That's right. taking it personally. Um, so yeah. 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 So I, okay. So I love that. So the first, one of the first reasons we see people leaving, um, our people leaving, and I say our, I know we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, just for any Christians who are watching, no matter what ethnicity you ethnicity you are let me say that right now yes we are brothers and sisters in christ but we are specifically Mm -hmm. speaking right now to our brothers and sisters who are of african-american descent okay african descent and so so we're not trying to isolate anybody but we need to be able to speak to our people because it's really our people who are walking away from the faith walking away from the church right so so i just want to make sure i clarify that it's all love but if you don't know and you're not black we want to educate you right just in case because you might have a sister or brother who is black and you don't understand where they're coming from so hopefully by listening to this podcast you'll get a little bit more clarity and understanding right um, so, so church hurt, that's, that's the number one, the number one thing we would have on our list. The first, one of the first things that we have on our list. Um, mm-hmm. what's, what's some other reasons that you guys see that black millennials especially are leaving the church? Um, well, like I said, this is also, you know, a cross-cultural problem, but even we're, we're talking specifically here about the black church as well, is that with the technological and our social media age, mm-hmm. um, and I, I said this to you before, but we've expanded our, our household gods and idols. Like it's just, it's an open room. We just put those up and it opens up the door for us to idolize ourselves more because that it's so self-serving. Yeah. Um, you look at the social media, you see a, t- a technology and it's like, we're trying to either keep up with the Joneses or we're trying to be this unique person so other people can keep up with us. Yeah. Um, and it becomes a very like anti-Christ thing. Our pride is our most prized possession. And so you talk about being in the church and it calls, it says against, you know, it that's completely countercultural yeah. <laughs> to not be about self. Um, James, I have this here, James 1, 23 to 24. Mm-hmm. also tells us to look in the mirror like we're supposed to be obsessed with the mirror but for a, a different reason yeah. and he says look in the mirror so you can compare yourself with the face of christ with the image of god and then change yourself and adjust yourself accordingly to be transformed into that image yeah we don't see that you know as much uh nowadays we see the opposite is how much can we transform to the world or get people to want to transform like i said into what we look like um but then again Sometimes, though, it's like some people are trying to get away from that. Mm-hmm. And then we see that very same thing with that obsess- obsession with self in the church. 
Um, Because we have our Christian celebrities. We have like, you need to pray this way. You need to speak this way. Um, You need to come with with, with power. Um, So we have this whole like black church Hollywood, like church Christian Hollywood. Um, So we have very much adopted a lot of this kind of, um, yes. And the social media age and all of this stuff within our own church. And it looks the same. So I'm not being fed here. I'm not, I'm I'm being learned to despise who I am really in the world. And then when I come to church, it looks the same way, but with the cover of Christianity in a Christian context. Yeah. Um, and none of it is real. Yeah. And I think, so. I think millennials are super tired of that. They're tired of that. Mm-hmm. You know, almost like it's a hierarchy in church. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. Where like the pastors, especially of like black churches, like, um, cause I can't speak for all the other churches that I haven't gone to. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Like, the, the pastor, um, or the bishop is like, you know, the president, you know what I'm saying? Or they have they have the ruling authority. They, they govern the church and then everybody else is underneath them. You know what I'm saying? So much so that I've, I've, I've seen things like where um, <clears throat> the pastors are being treated almost like they're God. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. so much so like women at the church honor the pastors more than they respect their husbands. And so the husbands don't want to have nothing to do with Jesus because they see how the women, the wives are responding to the pastors. You, know? mm-hmm. you understand yeah. what I'm saying? So like, so, uh-huh. so we see that. And I think that that, that is a huge turnoff for people. Um, whenever mm-hmm. you have people lording over other people or preferring people just because they have a title, you know, and, yeah. and treating them some kind of way. But then, you know, Sister Susie come off the street and maybe don't dress the way you think she should dress and don't speak with church um you know, language or Christianese or whatever lingual and, and right. she's not being loved on, she's not being seen. I think that those kind of things like millennials are fed up with it and they don't want to have anything to do with it. And so they just, they leave and they never mm-hmm. come back and they never come back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yep. yep. And what's crazy okay. is, what's crazy about that is um, there's, there's nowhere in the Bible that teaches that the pastor is greater than you know, the usher or someone who's not serving at all. Like from last time I checked, the Bible said that we were all saved by grace through faith. Right. And so we all, you know, sin and fall short to the glory of God. We all need to be redeemed. Um, and, and Jesus never, Jesus said, if you wanted to be great, then basically you needed to humble yourself and serve the most. Right. So, so when, when people have this, um, this idea of, of being in leadership and they're and they think that they're so much more special than everybody else because they're not in leadership like that is not biblical that's not of god it's not of god and it does hinder people from growing in their faith and it does hinder people from wanting to come to church right right yeah very much so and i mean and we've seen that and when i get that too where you're supposed they say come as you are Mm -hmm. but we've learned to like like I said, wear the mask just in a right. different way. Yeah. Um, and you cannot have real change and real growth when you're not ever, ever showing your real self unless you're at home. Yeah. And that's when you're just making that. And that's when you're being destructive, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So like, um, how can we even address the, the real issue? Yeah. You know, of recovering, we're just, we have different identities. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you saying that triggered something. It made me, it made me think about this phrase that I, I, I absolutely hate this phrase. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. I've heard this phrase. I've heard it in churches. I've heard it around, um, come out different Christians' mouths. But I absolutely, I do not believe in this and I hate it. But it's fake it till you make it. Yes. Right? Make mm-hmm. it till you make it. Right. And so mm-hmm. um, I've seen in churches where people, it's almost like they're, if they're struggling or they're going through, especially if they're in, in leadership, we'll talk about leadership for a moment, um, where they're told to, it's okay, just fake it till you make it. Or just, you know, if you praise them hard enough, it will go away. And it's like, these things are not biblical that we're teaching people. And you know, if, if I know, so, so. Let me give an example to make sure I'm clear for those who are watching or listening or who will listen back. Like if I am, if I'm struggling, um, so I'm in leadership at my church, right? At the church that I go to right now. Now our church is multicultural. We have a little bit of everything, everyone there. Um, and, and being in leadership and I work at my church. So let me say both of those things. And I work at my church too. All right. So Mm -hmm. I got it on both, on both ends. Um, if I am struggling and in my marriage, and I am, I don't know, I'm starting to have temptations to, to leave my husband and my kids. Like, I'm tired of it. I've been a mother since I was 19 years old. I'm over it. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. and, and I'm struggling with um, being a mom to my kids. I'm struggling with being a wife to my husband. We in here arguing all the time. Because basically he's trying to get me to be here with my family and I'm just neglecting them. But then I come into the church and I share with someone where I'm really struggling. We're going through some things and I think I should sit myself down. And then I'm told, no, you know, it's fine. We need you to sing this Sunday. We need you to preach. We need you to, you know, it's almost like some sometimes we forget about actually caring about people, really caring about people. And I think that when we really care about people, we should allow people to be real about where they are in life instead of trying to get them to fake it, right? Until they make it or put on a mask. And I've seen so many times where people were struggling in leadership in the church or in positions where they're serving in the church and their whole life is a wreck outside of it. They're addicted to drugs, they're cheating on their spouses or whatever it may be. And because we have this culture of just fake it to your, just come in and, and don't sit yourself down because you don't want to lose your position. You don't want to lose the influence or too many people are looking at you. You can't afford to, to sit down. That's unhealthy. That's a problem. Right. Right. Um, you know, and I see this even like when I was a school-based therapist and even as a teacher, um, our children carry so much uh, that's our one of our, that's our middle one. They carry so much as, in the way of like loyalty. We as a culture have been taught, you don't let people know your mess. Yeah. And so part of our history is off, but just so much, we don't even know what the real story is behind why somebody ain't talking to who. Right. Um, we have... Uh, we have people dealing with sexual abuse um, yes. and it's normal in, in it because I mean, I've literally had kids like, yeah, my friend, this happened to her too. Like this happened to her too. This happened to him too. Nobody says anything because they've been told to keep them. You don't, you don't air the dirty laundry. Right. Um, and so we've been kind of taught, like you say, keep up appearances. At what all goes on in your house. Um, and one of the things it, it stays in your house. And so we're, 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 we're suffering um you know 
that our other generation, our older generation, they're always like, we didn't have all these problems when we were young. We didn't need this therapist and mental health issues. And I'm, and I always say, yes. And we are, we are reaping the, 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 uh, the consequences yeah. of <laughs> not getting uh, the mental health treatment, not uh, being traumatized and not dealing with it. It's not that it wasn't going on, it's that nobody was talking about it, or uh, we over disciplined the crap out of people for <laughs> even, you know, um, being traumatized. It's, yeah. it's a lot of that. Um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think mm-hmm. all of that also can, can um, push people you know, push people out and yeah. push, mm-hmm. push people away because then basically they're, they're not really coming to a place of love and a place that should be safe for them, a place where they can, you know, be honest mm-hmm. and, and get some sincere help. Um, and, and I'll say this too, I don't want to blame it all on the church because sometimes, sometimes the church is not qualified to deal with our mess, you know? Yeah. Um, Sometimes yeah. you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and you need to go see a, a ther- therapist. You need to go see a therapist. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I believe in yes. both. Like, Jesus and therapy, yeah. like uh, Preston Perry said. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, yeah. You know, I believe I believe in both. It's because, because pastors, and I'm saying pastors specifically because people always are looking to the pastors, um, you know, they are not qualified if they have mm-hmm. not gone to school you know, and gotten educated on how to unpack this stuff and help you walk through it. Now, they may be able to exegete the scriptures and help you walk through discipleship, right? Mm -hmm. But, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm in leadership. Um, I'm, you know, I, I counsel people to a certain degree. I walk with people. I'm a discipler, but I know when I need to say, you know what, sis, let me hook you up with my girl Courtney so you could talk to her or yeah. you can talk to Dr. Sherry Woods or whoever because I am not the one. I don't know. I can't help you right here in this area. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't want to mm-hmm. over spiritualize things and keep people in bondage and they're hurting because I am not equipped right. to help them walk through their mm-hmm. stuff, right? So I think mm-hmm. that, that is another right. Another layer of why we've seen some people walk away from the church, um, millennials walk away from the church because they do, they need counseling. They do need help. They, they are more mm-hmm. cognizant and aware of their mental health. And, you know, black churches back in the day, you know, they would say you had a demon, you know what I mean? Or, and rebuke right. you, but not really walk with you and help you get some real help. Help you get it right. Yeah. And um, there's been this like, um, we want to separate therapy and, and wisdom is wisdom and we know true wisdom comes from God right so um, I had one of my friends who says well I don't know if Jesus can save you but um, Jesus can save you but like when it comes to like your mental health issues mm-hmm. that's not necessarily maybe Jesus that's you know counseling that's wisdom I say it's, it's all the same <laughs> like true wisdom comes from God yeah. so if we send somebody to a therapist yes we want to get we want to send them to somebody that is um, founded on our and on our principles and our Christian principles because it is a gift yeah. it is a gift to be able to be wise in that manner um, and t- to speak of the things of both the spirit and what's really going on yeah. up here and in here Yes. But it all comes from God. He right. is the. He is right. with. He is wisdom. Right. So Everything I think that's the. Um, 
You said, yeah. So I think maybe we stop even separating that and maybe even making it so that we have those connections within our church um, where we knew where to send people. And I I even say this, like, I really want to do more with um, alcohol and drug addiction in our church so that our, our churches are more recovery friendly. Um, and they are educated because it's all, it's what we're supposed to be doing. This is not something that should be set apart. We can, we can keep the reins on this. We have people in our church who are gifted in these things. That's right. That's right. In the church. And and they're the least of these. Yes. Yes. And Mm -hmm. if if they are not in our church, then we should be Mm -hmm. um, secure enough in ourselves you know, we should love people enough to send them where they need to go, where where's best. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, exactly. it's, it's almost like, okay, I don't, I don't want to send them to get help down the street at such and such church where they can get the help from because they have the resources um, because I don't want to lose a member. No, that's yeah. not, not the mindset we should have. It's, no, it's right. not the mindset that we should have. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so I think mm-hmm. for real church hurt, um, like you said, technolo- technological and social media, the age that we're living in, mm-hmm. where we become our own idols. It's all about self. It's all about us pointing mm-hmm. people to us, um, comparing mm-hmm. ourselves and not dying to ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. I, one of the things that I had on my list that I also wanted to touch on too, um, which is probably mm-hmm. one of the main mm-hmm. things was, you know, we're, we're hearing millennials now, black millennials say, um, cause I haven't yet. And I could be wrong. I haven't personally talked to any white millennials who said I'm leaving the church because, um, following Jesus, like Christianity is the white man's religion. I haven't heard a white person say that yet. So that I know <laughs> in, my, in my life, I'm just saying, no. I don't know if y'all have, but you know, <laughs> no. No. So, so, so again, for our listeners, for those, for my brothers and sisters, my Caucasian brothers and sisters who are listening, we are not isolating y'all, but I'm just saying, I haven't heard that come out of a white person's mouth, you know, or a Spanish person's mm-hmm. mouth yet that I know in my community. Um, but I have heard mm-hmm. black brothers and sisters say that, you know, that, you know what, it's the mm-hmm. white man's religion and, um, and you know, I, I got to find who I really am. I'm going back to my roots and and they up Mm -hmm. and they leave, they up and they leave the church. And, um, I really want to speak on that. I really want to talk about, um, what I will ask y'all, what do you have to say to those, um, people who, who may be listening or, or may share this and, and, and they were grew up in the church or maybe they, they got saved at, you know, whatever age it was. And, um, as the time has gone on, they, they are coming to, in their mind, realize that Jesus uh, is, is, well, Christianity is the white man's religion and they no longer want to be a part of it. Um, <laughs> what, what, how can we speak to that? How can we speak to people who truly believe that? Um, I have a lot of thoughts and a lot I want to say, but I want to hear from y'all. <laughs> but, and I don't want to feel anything you said, because you said some stuff earlier that I was like, I want you to to keep that, but also like we talk about, you know, Christianity did, um, you know, people used false Christianity to perpetuate slavery and enslavement and, but that was false Christianity. And then on the other, the flip side of that, the abolitionist movement was very much grounded 
in true Christianity, in, in true faith. So it was probably just like yeah, they, they, so they really did, you know, people were like, well, they used it to, about whipping and being a slave. But and the and the terms are different. We're not talking about like chattel slavery or anything like that. But they used that and they skewed those words. But uh, in the abolitionist movement, you had a lot of people who were rooted and grounded in Christ and his principles that use the Bible, use the verses about why we are all equal and we are all one. Um in that and they drove that movement. Right. Uh, for freedom right. um so when you talk about you know true christianity and the true principles of justice which mm-hmm. god is all about that's right of what anybody says that's right um that is what drove and, and drove home and put out in the hearts of people who that set us free yeah yeah so yeah i think that's mm-hmm. i think that's well said and um just to piggyback mm-hmm. on you uh you know really emphasizing the point that God is a God of justice, that he loves justice. Mm -hmm. God is a God of justice. And, you know, Mm -hmm. um, there's a scripture where it says we are to seek justice, right? We're to love mercy. We're to Mm -hmm. walk humbly with our God. I think about also um, when God would appoint judges and um, these judges were Mm -hmm. all about, you know, ruling and, 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 and committing, or I want to say committing, but um, exacting judgment and justice for the people. Like Mm -hmm. God has always been for, um, I want to say the underdog. God has always been for uh, the refugee. God has always been for the outcast. God has always been for, you know, people who are overlooked. He's he's always been for widows, people who couldn't take care of themselves, Mm -hmm. orphans. And he's always been about justice and freedom. That's a part of who he is. And so when we try to, um, when we try to say that when black people, black Christians are speaking up against, I want to say, speaking up for social justice, then sometimes, you know, um, other, I want to say sex and Christianity can, can come along and say, well, no, that's not right. Just preach the gospel. And I'm like, well, that's a part of the gospel, right? That is, that is a part of the gospel. And so, so when I think when a lot of black millennials, especially over the past two or three years have heard that coming out of evangelicals mouths, that right there crushed them. And they're like, okay, we're, we can't be a part of this faith anymore because you're not for who you're not for me. You're not for my people. Right. And so then, and so then they take that and they see it as, you know, Jesus is not really who Jesus is or, um, that Christianity is now the white man's religion. And I'm leaving that. And I think Mm -hmm. that what they don't understand is, um, two things. First of all, Jesus is not white, nor is he black. Okay. Let me make sure I say that. (laughs) Um, I'm just saying, Jesus was um, a Hebrew man, a Jewish man from the Middle East, um, and he was he was neither you know white or black, but he he understood and he could identify with us, with black people, and and mm-hmm. I think that we don't get a chance to have those conversations with millennials who are walking away from the church and say, you know what, well let me let me you know I understand what you're saying, but let's show me where you see that in the Bible, show me yeah. where you can. Sh- mm-hmm. Take me to the scripture, chapter and verse, where you can show me that Jesus is not for justice or he doesn't care about black people. Like, show me. And and they can't show you that because the truth of the matter is we were all made in the image and likeness of God. And God created us. He chose to make us how he made us. Give us the melanin that we have in our skin. And he says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so I think that sometimes we get... We get um, mixed up. We, we see what 
maybe again those some Christians who are racist or don't want to say they're flat out racist, but they are. You know, we hear what they say and we allow their opinions and how they're abusing the word or abusing the people of God to cause us to walk away. But if we really compared, if we looked in the word and and and, and looked on how Jesus treats us and who Jesus really is, we can't find any fault in him. Right? We can't mm-hmm. so we exactly. so maybe they could find fault in the religion, but not in, in the person of who Jesus Christ is. Right. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. And I, I've been thinking about this a lot about how Christianity, the word Christian itself, has c- kind of become a misnomer. Uh, I don't know if that's like the right word, but like um, what it means to follow Christ as a Christian, are we really? It's a question that I think I'm not going to to answer that for anybody. Mm-hmm. First of all, do you really know the ways of Christ? Do you know your Bible enough to know the ways of Christ? Right. For you to be able to call yourself a Christian. Because some of these things that we united on, we're not going to be united in everything. Right. But there are a lot of issues we be, we would be united on if right. we were really following him. And right. if we really did believe him and know, know what he said. Right. And that's why biblical literacy is important too, which brings us back to the whole thing about with church and stuff. Um, we're so steeped in tradition and culture mm-hmm. that going to church has become a cultural thing that we do. Right. It's become just, we serve him with our lips. It's lip service right. and it's not here. And right. then our kids following that tradition. Um, I have had kids come to my, when I was teaching or when I was doing uh, the behavior interventionist, this one gentleman in particular, he would come and, you know, he, he would say he was go, he's going to church. And um, now I didn't know he went to church before because a lot of stuff came out of his mouth. <laughs> he was always talking about the females, looking at the men. And probably always just giving the side eye, like, come on now. Um, so, and I don't want to say he wasn't saved because of that, because he yeah. did, but he would. He, he looked like the world. I'll say that mm-hmm. as far as actions are concerned. But then he would also come to me. And I remember one time he actually showed me a video of him preaching mm-hmm. and he showed me a video of him preaching. He was like, now, now watch what I do here. Like wow. I've, I've been kind of like researching how the pastors do this. Then I'll see, now see this part. They love that part. And he's preaching and he's doing these mannerisms. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, he, he basically taught how to, to preach and it, to exhort, mm-hmm. um, and he basically had them eating out of the palm of his hands. Mm-hmm. But that's what he thought church was about. Mm-hmm. That was church for him. Right. That was the only thing that showed him, like, besides him telling me and saying that he preached, mm-hmm. it was all for show. Right. And um, I, I'm sad to say, and I'm not saying, I believe he, he said he was a believer. And it's hard. He passed away mm-hmm. a few months after that. Mm-hmm. But even while he was uh, telling me that, I'm like, what have we taught our children? Right. Not by just by we taught them don't say God's name in vain. Don't say God's name in vain, right? We know better. You might get uh you know hit in the mouth for yeah. doing something like that. Yeah. But we live in vain. We have taught our children to basically live in vain. Yeah. And um in Isaiah 29, 13, he says, Because these people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. And then Jesus quotes this in Matthew 15 when he chastises the Pharisees for how they follow their traditions and negate the word of God. So that's what we're basically teaching our children. You do do say this, you know, say this. You don't do all of these kind of surface things. Mm -hmm. But then our hearts are far from them and they see that. 
right right and that's Mm -hmm. definitely that's definitely a problem um i think that that Mm -hmm. like you said that's huge in our culture it's you know because of so it's church is huge in our culture because it, it 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 it's connected to our roots of slavery here in america right so yeah we talked about community before we went on live and and so church is connected to that right and so i think that Mm -hmm. it's the thing to do and then not only that but back in the day um a lot of the black churches and even now some now let me say this some black churches i thank god for because they are not only teaching the word of god and discipling but they are in the community you know making a difference they're impacting the community that that they were planning so shout out to those churches the black church that that is you know living holy standing up but also meeting people where they are i do want to make sure that it doesn't come off as if we're bashing them um because there are some who are doing a very thorough job you know and and Mm -hmm. and, uh balancing the gospel, living the gospel, and also going out and, and preaching the gospel and making a difference in, in their communities. It's hard to preach the gospel and tell people about Jesus, but they out here hungry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you got your right, right, right. feeding them, clothing people, you know, providing and meeting natural needs the way Jesus did. So I thank God for those. But there are also some as well where it's just all about culture. It's, it's You're supposed to say things a certain way. You're supposed to clap a certain way. You're supposed to look a certain yeah. way, use certain language, and then this is what it is. But again, as the scriptures that you just read, their hearts are far from God. There is no transformation, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, in the life. Because when you have a life, when you are rooted in Jesus, you there is transformation that takes place when you're rooted mm-hmm. in Jesus. And I think exactly. that, I've seen I've seen people post and talk about, you know, Christianity and how it's it's, you know, it's not real, it's not of God and their whole idea or their whole thinking, their way of thinking about Christianity is not necessarily Christianity. It's not biblical, thank you Lord. It's not biblical uh-huh. Christianity. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Right, right. You yeah. know, and and I've heard people say, "Well, um, you know, Christians Christians that that was made up that came from white people and I'm like no actually if you study the book of Acts you'll see that the people who were in Antioch were first called Christians so I'm like okay sis let's walk through this let's look at these verses make sure you understand like the true roots of Christianity making sure you understand the true Mm -hmm. roots of Christianity so something that I brought up earlier that I wanted to kind of Mm -hmm. talk about too um, concerning people who are walking away from the faith millennials those who are black Um, leaving the faith I I also want to make sure that they understand that um, they are loved we love you and that the the Jesus that we follow is the Jesus of the Bible right this is not the the Jesus that you've heard about um, who prefers white people over black people or prefers Mm -hmm. slavery over freedom. That is not the Jesus that we're talking about. We're talking about the Jesus who actually died for your sins, who resurrected from the grave, who sent his Holy Spirit to live on the inside of our hearts, who's come to give us abundant abundant life, um, who has adopted us and brought us into the family of God. Like that's the Jesus we're talking about. We're talking about the Jesus Mm -hmm. who has all power in his hands and the Jesus who actually breathed Mm -hmm. out his spirit in the continent of Africa and birthed a a large 
um, a church in Africa. The early, the early Christians lived in North Africa. There was four main kingdoms in Africa on that continent that was rooted in Christianity before the transatlantic mm-hmm. slave trade, right? Before, yeah, yeah. before our people even got um, took off the boats and put into slavery. So Christianity existed. Listen, Christianity goes all the way back um, to the beginning of time where it, 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 Jesus, when Jesus, I'll say when Jesus was born, he even lived in Egypt, in Africa, right? And Mm -hmm. most black millennials that leave the faith don't even know that. They don't even know that. They don't even know Mm -hmm. that Jesus can identify with being what we call they call the motherland right <laughs> being in africa mm-hmm. um and, and the church being birthed there you know so that's that's definitely something i wanted us to speak on a little bit about how um the roots of christianity actually existed yeah. on the continent of africa way before any europeans came down into africa to uh colonize co- colonize mm-hmm. yes that's good I'm sorry. I'm just checking my um, phone. I see Shane posted a, a a link, but I can't. I I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's okay. So I see what it is. So Shane, um, shout out to Shane and Jesse. Shane and Jesse Palinda. Um, mm-hmm. I see he posted a link to the unspoken documentary, which was just released on Monday, I believe, by the June. Oh yeah, Project. you took. So you I'm having a watch right? party for that. I think did I send this to you? <laughs> Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I want to do a watch party for that. So y'all let me know if y'all want to come over. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear from the husband. We girl, we just um, talk about We've been I know. I, I like I, I told you before, I'm like always the affirmation and like the quiet one. Um but I think like going back to what you, you said about the um um about the like the Christian dating way back. Um, I think over time we've kind of, um, we've kind of like allowed this, like to, to be allowed it to be watered down, I guess you could say, um, we allowed it to, we allowed to like when you, when, when you see the pictures, (laughs) which is kind of funny, but you see the pictures of Jesus, like around us, like jacked up and pale. Yeah. And, and yeah, or or even like like being like white with blue eyes and like yeah. long hair. And Isaiah fifty three even says there was nothing like beautiful, nothing common, about, nothing attractive. Right. He had nothing common about him. He just it's 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 um um mind blowing to even like think about like the the um, um characteristics or the features of Jesus. Yeah. Um, and and how we it was nothing that was going to attract us to him. Right, right. Um, so he might. So you trying to say Jesus might have been ugly? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I feel like when we be following his Instagram, right? Like just no. in way when Jesus was me and whatever, would we been would he been a, a, our social influencer of our day? Right, and that's how radical he is. When you talk about radical, radical radicalism is not the norm. Right, you know what I mean. There's going to be right. pushback. I told you this. I know when we were texting back. We talk, a lot of times we talk about persecution within uh, in the church, and we always we always think it's the world that's going to be persecuting us mm-hmm. for speaking the truth and speaking the love, speaking mm-hmm. love. And there was some of that. Obviously, we see that in the early church, but more so we see 
people being drawn into to Christians because yeah. of the love that they had for each other. It yeah. was a lot of times it was the Pharisees that were within the church or that you did have the Romans and everything. But yeah. sometimes I wonder too is if it is going to come from within the body of church right um because they're not going to be able to accept the kind of radicalism that they're called to and to call it heresy uh because that is exactly what happened um with jesus the pharisees called what he was saying true christianity true loving right. of god they were calling right. that heretical right so it, 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 that it, he it, it, demons, he, that he was demon possessed that he was not yes, it, yes his brand of love was too much yeah right. it was too much um and so it's it's a it's a, an internal thing. We need to search our hearts within ourselves. How have we cultivated this this culture within all churches, within even within the black church? How have our own traditions of sweeping things under the rug, of having to have the being in, in a hierarchy, of having to have the last word, of domination, and, and even yeah. with our children, um, yeah. hoarding things over people? How has that? And what we've grown up with as a survival mechanism, mm-hmm. how has that kind of butted heads with what Christ has called us to? Yeah. Just because it's been part of our culture and just because, you know, we talk about people, uh, I'm going to take your black card and, and, and this and, and that. We want to take yeah. people's black card away from for some of this stuff. And it's like, yeah. what is Christ calling us to um, yeah. as a church? What kind of love? And radicalism in your own heart, do you need to try? Do you need to try to live up to? Right, right. Hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. Did y'all hear that noise? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't hear. Okay, good. <laughs> My notepad was hitting the keyboard. It was just. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, Jerron, you brought up, you brought up like what the Bible says, Isaiah 53, what it says about like just Jesus's apparent appearance. And even Carol, mm-hmm. you talked about mm-hmm. how like he wouldn't even be somebody on social media that we were trying to follow because the, the pictures that um, Europeans have pa- painted of Jesus, it doesn't even line up with the scriptures. We know that, right? right. And, and, and right. let me say this far beyond what the pictures look like for me. I don't care what Jesus looks like. I care about what he did for me. You I don't know? care. At the end of yeah. Day. Yeah. So it, it don't really, and, Jesus and, go ahead. I, I know I was going to say, I didn't get to finish what I was going to say that like nothing physically was attracted to him, but we were so much attracted to his radical love. Yes. Um, that, that it was just unheard of. Um, I mean, just a quick story is from like, like the woman at the woman at the well, yeah. um, you, you read that she's like, she know he knows all of this about me, yes. but, but yet still loves me. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's so so radical so unheard of um and and it's it's i mean it's amazing Mm -hmm. so for those who are not familiar with the woman at the well jerron can you um can you elaborate on that a little bit for us yeah let me just in case some people are listening and they're not familiar with it they might not be familiar with like the culture or anything understand like why is that like why is that a big deal you know Mm-hmm. He wants to read it straight from there. Yeah, I'm gonna try no, to find and read it. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. And so while while he's looking for that, um, you you've used this word a couple times, Carol, tonight. That I love that you're saying like false Christianity, false Christianity, false Christianity. Mm-hmm. And like Jesus warned us that there will be many false prophets, you know, in the early church and even now, and that we are to um, 
we're this is why we're supposed to study the word. This is why we don't just listen to sermons every Sunday and just think that this is how things are. We're supposed to search the scriptures. We're supposed to be like the Bereans who would hear the word of God, but from the apostles, but then go home and search them and then mm-hmm. you know say, okay, this is accurate. You know what I'm saying? And give their hearts to Christ. Right. Right. All right. I, yeah, I found I'm going to try to read it straight from okay. uh, it's John 4. I'm going to start at verse 7. So uh, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? This is the NIV version. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so his disciples weren't with him and they were gone. So the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and, am I, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Because mm-hmm. the Jews did not associate with the Samaritans. So Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. She says, sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as, as did as did also his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become and will become um, in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me the water so that I won't get thirsty mm-hmm. and have to keep coming here to, to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. She says, I have no husband. Mm. Jesus said to her, you are right. When you say you have no husband, the fact is you have had five husbands and the men you now have is not, and the men you now have is not your husband. Mm. What you have just said is quite true. Mm. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must Mm. worship is in Jerusalem woman jesus replied believe me a time is coming when you will worship the father neither on this mountain nor in jerusalem Mm -hmm. you samaritans worship what you do not know we worship what we do know for salvation is from the the jews Mm -hmm. yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the father and the spirit and and in truth for they are the kind of worshipers father sees god is spirit and his worshiper his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth Mm -hmm. and then finally the woman says i know that messiah is coming Mm -hmm. when he comes he will explain everything to us then jesus jesus told her i the one speaking to you i am he Mm -hmm. um so just just kind of like unpacking that whole thing was at, at first she i mean she has no idea who this who who she's talking to mm-hmm. um but but just c- kind of like putting yourself into that story you can you can feel the compassion in the words of Jesus mm-hmm. um and even even telling her her what like even telling her her flaws that she had right like just the love in that because he he offered redemption he didn't just tell her her flaws and that was it yeah. he told her he told her her flaws and then but here's your flaws but right um so just so yeah that was the that's the story of woman at the well <laughs> yeah no, i appreciate i appreciate you reading the scriptures um straight from the scriptures because 
I mean, it doesn't get any clearer. And I think it's always good for us to hear and see the word ourselves, especially for those who are listening, they can go back to it. Um, I love that Mm -hmm. you talked about how Jesus, like he offered her redemption. Like he, he did expose, um, where where she was at and it was to get her to confess right where she was mm-hmm. because if we don't acknowledge where we are in our sinfulness then we cannot get redeemed right like salvation exactly. comes like you have to confess right you have to confess yeah. you have to um acknowledge that you are a sinner in need of a savior so jesus lovingly walked her through that conversation to bring her to a point where she could come to believe in him and i think it's also crazy that like you said he pointed out that she had five husbands that's no light thing like right one one or two three (laughs) four (laughs) five and you're living with somebody like that's a lot (laughs) you know That's heavy, but Jesus was not condemning her, you know, to the point where he he wasn't um, placing judgment on her, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think that there's a difference of when, as Christians, there's a difference of, you know, being honest with somebody about where they are, or even, you know, talking to a brother and sister about that, the sin that they may have, but not to condemn them, but to help bring them up out of that, Right. Hope yeah. in hopes of they repent, you know, and, and turn to Christ. And so I think that mm-hmm. Jesus just, we know that he was the ultimate example, but in this passage specifically, it just shows us, I think it shows us a lot about evangelism, how to evangelize, right? Yeah. How, mm-hmm. how to, to talk with people um, who may be living in whatever sinful state that they're in and bringing them to a place where they can acknowledge that, but also see that they are in need of a savior and that salvation is available through Christ, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think, I don't think that, I think that that is another, so many reasons we talked about tonight, but that could be another reason why people have left the church because their yeah. sin is called out, but then there is no hope. There's no opportunity right you know, for right. healing or repentance or restoration or, or anything mm-hmm. like that. And, and mm-hmm. calling out someone's sin and not doing it. Like if, if we are calling out sin, the Bible says, I think it's in Matthew 16, there's a way that we go about the sinning believer, like how we deal yeah. with each other within the church when it comes to sin. I'm going to look for that passage. Um, because I know the Bible says that you go see your, if your brother has offended you or sinned against you, then you go and you mm-hmm. talk to them one-on-one, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times mm-hmm. in the church, we skip steps one and two and go straight to three, you know, or don't even, or don't even follow the steps at all. I think a lot of times, like, I really feel like if the church would just do what Jesus says do, and actually <laughs> live by the word, it would be a lot less messy and difficult. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this true? Yeah. And, and offering, and also like the, the Jesus offering hope, like this, that's something that if you even read in the Old Testament, if you read all the prophets, major prophets and minor prophets, mm-hmm. it's also, they, 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 God had used, used them to map out everything that they were doing wrong. Mm-hmm. But it was always followed but there's hope that's right but that's there's right. hope mm-hmm. and that's 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 before jesus but but and then you actually get to see that picture with jesus actually being the hope mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah mm-hmm. i think about um when you say that oh so you know so my husband's parents were pastors um his dad is 
passed on. He's in heaven now. His mom is in Florida. She's older. She's not pastoring. Um, but you know, when I first got saved, you know, I went to their church for a few years before we moved to Ohio. It was a black church, all black people. Um, every now and then we might get a sprinkle, you know, of a random white person or whatever, (laughs) you know, but it was, it was a black church. Um, and then I went, when I moved here, I went to my grandmother's church. It was a black church and I went to a church in Warren for eight and a half years, you know, that I served at and, um, was, you know, just blessed to serve. And it was a black church and, and, um, you know, in, in, in the black church, and again, it could be in every other church too, but I'm just, I, I haven't gone to a white church, so I don't know. You know, I haven't gone, I preached at Spanish churches, but I'm not a member of a Spanish church. Um, but one of the passages you'll hear all the time, um, a lot of times preached out of context, um, you know, is, is Jeremiah 29 and 11, you know. I, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, you know, <laughs> plans to prosper you, you know, to give you a hope in the future. And, um, yeah, God does want to give us a hope in the future, but that, that passage and that text, um, the context of that text is God's people actually being sent into captivity because of their disobedience. Mm-hmm. And he, in that passage, is telling them, you know what? Go ahead and build some houses, plant some gardens, have some babies, because you're going to be in slavery for a long time because of your <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and you're going to be here about years. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> so I was just in a book study uh, yesterday, and uh, the one of the girls there said, you know, she quote, she was like, people use this quote. And the plans I have, you know, the plans that God has for us is him. It's yeah. himself. And she she pointed that out. Yes. And she was like, you know, our plans and all of these things come up under the umbrella of his image, of who he is and how we walk and talk and stuff. The great things he has for us is him yeah. <laughs> because that's how we're going to shoot it. <laughs> so, yes, he has plans for us. Like, you know, I know we have plans of doing this and we're going to make a book and we're going to be famous doing yeah. this. And yeah. let's not... Let's not uh, wear our pride and, and, and call it Jesus. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Let's not right. say we're glorifying God and we're glorifying self. Because I do. God will raise you up, but it's never for your own for your own good. The plans He has for us, yeah, it's always going to be under Him. Yeah, you know. He, so he, he told mm-hmm. Abraham, "I am like your portion. I'm your exceeding great reward." Like you will have, you will have descendants, the numbers of the, the stars in the sky yeah. and the sand, the sand, you know, on, on the, on the beach, I'll say. And, yeah. but I am your reward. I am your reward. And so, um, I brought that passage up because we, we, we talk about that, but we don't talk about the fact that it was the disobedience of the people that had them yeah. in activity and it, like God always has, he always has good plans for us. It's never his plan for us to be in bondage. It's never his desire. Right. It's never his desire for us to be, you know, um, just jacked up as we are. That was never his plan, but God is a good God. Mm-hmm. And because he's yeah. a good mm-hmm. God, he gives us choice. He gives us freedom of choice, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that I wish that sometimes my, you know, our sisters and brothers will understand that it's never been God's desire for us to be in slavery. It's never been God's desire for us to fall for, you know, some false beliefs or 
um, false teaching. That's never been, that has nothing to do with him. That all has to do with the sinful nature, you know what I'm saying, of humanity. And that if we just take our eyes off of what man has done wrong, because, you know, some millennials, some black millennials who have left the church, they might have legitimate reasons to have left, right? If you were in a church that is, um, you know, that the, the, the pastors or the leadership or whatever, the elders are uh, higher than Jesus, then yes, you need to leave that church. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If there is no diversity, you know, and unity, then you probably should leave that church, right? Yeah. Everybody got to look the same way, say the same thing, praise the same way. I don't want to be at that church because the right. Bible says that in heaven, all nations, all tribes, and all tongues will be there to worship the Lord. And so mm-hmm. I think that if we, if, if, if some of these people who have walked away would truly, my argument would be this. If, if you walked away from the Christian faith, mm-hmm. say that we, me, Carol, Jerron and Charity, us black folks are worshiping, you know, white man's Jesus. And so you've left the faith. My challenge would be this. Sit down with us. Let's walk through the Bible together. Let's let's just be open and and let's see where we can find fault in the Bible and find fault in Jesus. Because you may be able to find fault in people or even in me, but you will never find fault in the Christ. There's yeah. no way possible. There's no way possible. And so I think what a lot of people have done when they have walked away from the faith or the church it's not that they walked away from Jesus, it's that they never maybe had Jesus in the first place. Yep. <laughs> they might have just had religion. Religion, culture, right. But mm-hmm. no real relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's a sad truth. It is. It is because you see what the power of Christ and believing him actually does. Right. And so that's that's a warning and a heat uh, not just to, you know, what we're talking about today, but period. If we're having so many people having this crisis uh, of, of faith and crisis of like, look at what Christians are hypocrites. And we also have to look inwardly. Why? Yeah. Like, why is that? <laughs> right. Um, and like, persecution is real, but sometimes we call something persecution when it's just no, we're being jerks. We're being self-righteous. Right. That's not persecution. God never told you to be like that, do it like that. Um, And we do it proudly because we think we are doing it in his name. Right. Um, Which is blasphemous to do something in Christ's name Mm. uh, that does not speak of him is blasphemy. Yeah. I think about, um, I said this before we went live, uh, how, you know, it's, it seems like today. And so let's, we, we talked about, you know, black millennials and everything but just people in general you know who Mm -hmm. who had claimed to be christian it's so easy for them to walk away from the faith or it's so easy for them to walk away from the um the assembling together right and and i said when we were talking you know it's that is hypocritical in itself because you know you walk away from the church, you know, COVID, the pandemic came, we're still in the pandemic, truth be told, you know what I'm saying? We're just trying to navigate through it, learn how to live in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And, and COVID came <laughs> and um, social justice broke out like never before and racism was exposed and all of these things came and divided the church, right? And and so people have left, people have walked away and and they don't plan on coming back. 
But my, my question or my challenge would be this. If your boss does something that you don't like, or your coworkers are getting on your nerves, or um, you know your your feelings were hurt about something, or maybe you didn't get the promotion that you wanted to get, people don't. You just don't up and quit your job mm-hmm. and not come back. You show up to a job <laughs> that you don't really like to work with people you can't really stand. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, and 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 so it's like we have to really think about what we're doing and what we're saying, you know, because mm-hmm. that is hypocrisy too, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to hold the church accountable for church hurt or whatever it may be, but mm-hmm. you're accepting the world, right? And as believers, mm-hmm. as believers, we're supposed to be forgiving. We're supposed to love one another. We're supposed to prefer one another above ourselves and, you know, extend mercy to each other. Sometimes people have done us wrong and people have hurt us and we have legitimate, you know, um, valid, you know, hurt. But if you are a Christian, a follower of Christ, Mm -hmm. we are mandated to love one another. Mm -hmm. We're mandated to forgive one another. We're mandated to show mercy because we've obtained mercy. That's Bible. That's the Mm -hmm. words of Jesus, you Mm -hmm. know? And Cassandra, what you, and it goes back to what you were saying with the Jeremiah verse about the plans I have for you. Those are the plans. So when I say it's him, he's the plans. That's what I mean. Not just heaven, but heaven on earth. He has those plans for us, but we have to be heaven on earth. Um, So those plans, we have to, um, we have to submit to those plans that he has for us. You know, we kind of want to be our own architect um, and we have have these plans for ourselves or we think that we are we're not even following the blueprint yeah. <laughs> of, of it yeah. at all of the kingdom that we're supposed to be building here on earth yeah so. and so, you know I, the, the one phrase you hear about like be the change you want to see be the change you want to see <laughs> like you know what everybody says that and they can't even you somebody cuts them off at a light <laughs> and that goes out the window really quickly <laughs> but it's the same about me. like with <laughs> this it's like when people <laughs> we're all guilty and anything that I say today is like I'm still I haven't arrived <laughs> I haven't at all um, but I say that too because I feel like I haven't but it's, I thirst for it and every day it's something it's not I, there's one thing it's like a cycle it should be a cycle but not a cycle this way where it's the same a cycle up yeah. and so my prayer is always that the cycle that I have is an upward cycle that's leading to him yeah. so um, I learn from things I'm learning how to love better but I can't use my my failures as an excuse to stay in it or my humanness which Christ has conquered in me he's conquering that in me so that's why you have to be intentional we in about we have to be intentional we cannot we cannot just depend on our traditions to keep us afloat and just our call because what what we, we see what happens when we do that yeah. um it's a, an ever it's an evolution all the time of god make me more like you christ make me more like you because the world needs it we are co-laborers with christ yeah christ right. is doing it and grace we can't idolize grace i say this all the time but we are co-laborers with christ christ's foundation 
but we are supposed to be tilling that soil. We are supposed to be putting in the work with him to bring people yeah. to him. That's and right. we're not going to bring anybody to us if we're just trying to get our, our, our foot in the door of heaven. That's all right. we care about. Yeah. So right. we can just say we believe and we're going to heaven. It's not about that. And if you think it's about that, you've missed the mark completely. Right. right. Um, right. So just, just within ourselves speaking to the church, um, it has to be an upward, upward cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I literally just had this conversation, like it was three nights ago, me and my, um, my two sons had a little Bible study at the table. I planned on, I planned on last week reading the book of John with them, like starting John and studying John and teaching them how to really study the word. And I didn't do it that week. And so the other night I was like, okay, let me study. And then I'm like, no, let me study with them. So they come to the table and we're, uh-huh. we're supposed to be going into the book of John and I'm just doing an introduction. And then we end up going on this whole rabbit hole, um, but it was trail, but it was really, really good. And so I was telling mm-hmm. them, we talked about like um, salvation and how Jesus didn't just mm-hmm. save us just for us to make it to heaven. Like, but he came in the book of John to give us life, like abundant, abundant mm-hmm. life, right? A quality of life. And that there's mm-hmm. something that he wants us to do with the salvation that we have now, right? We're supposed to be working mm-hmm. out our salvation. We're supposed to be going out to the nations um, preaching or being a witness, which is why he gave us our sp- his spirit in the first place, is to be a witness, right? To, to introduce mm-hmm. and bring other people to Jesus. And so I was telling them, like, I don't want you guys to go to church just because we make y'all go to church. I don't want you guys to, to believe in God because we are t- re- raising you Christians to believe in God. But I really want you guys to know him for yourself, like in an intimate mm-hmm. and personal way. Mm-hmm. And I don't want you to be the kind of Christian that just wants to get your foot in heaven, like you just said. And then we get yeah. to heaven and you realize that I was telling them, like, when we get to heaven, do you realize that we get rewards that there are literally, you know, rewards that we get mm-hmm. when we get to heaven, there's a level of glory that will be on display for what we've done for the Lord and how we live for him here and allow him to rule in our lives. I'm like, you don't want to be the one in heaven who ain't got no bling to give Jesus because you didn't do nothing for him. You weren't living for him. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, but it, it's sad because some people, they just want that fire insurance. They don't want to go to hell. You know, they don't want to burn. They don't want to suffer. And so they just, you know, I believe and that's just enough. And I would just have to say that if you're thinking like that, are you really saved? Do you really have the spirit of God on the inside of you? Because Holy Spirit will convict us. He's there to convict mm-hmm. us and to correct us and to pull mm-hmm. us towards Jesus, to point us to Jesus. So if you have no conscience at all about not surrendering and living for Christ, following Christ, growing in Christ, introducing people to Christ, are you really saved? I know that's a bold question to ask, but I'm going to ask because no, we, have to, we have to ask right. it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think that it, it's interesting if you guys were talking about that because that's, that's one of the things that I like I, I think about all the time, like, <laughs> like growing up, like, I, <clears throat> even for me, I think I probably was s- scared into my faith. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if, if you don't believe this is what, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And so then I automatically start believing because I'm like, all right, this is, I, I don't want this to happen to me. Yeah. But, um, I think I think also, also we subconsciously we get stuck at that point. Mm-hmm. We get, we get. Yes, we do believe Jesus died on a cross. We believe. I mean, all, the, the the essentials. We yeah. believe the essentials, but we stop. We stop at the essentials. Yeah. Um, 
that um I, I what was it years ago um I uh I fell in love with this book that actually I continue to read it like over and over it's a real short book it's like 90 pages it's called The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer which Tozer is hey Tozer come on and and and, I, and reading his work, I love it because he he wasn't educated. He was just just spirit filled, and he um, he just devoted his life um, to to the to the work of God. But anyway, so the pursuit of God is what kind of changed me. It kind of changed my way of thinking of um, just making it in mm-hmm. um, and just being stuck at the essentials. Um, and so just, uh, like just read in just the chapters of the pursuit of God, following hard after God, the blessedness of possessing nothing, um, removing the veil, apprehending God, the universal presence, the speaking voice, the gaze of the soul, restoring creator creature relation, meekness and rest and the sacrament of living. Those are like the, the, the they're 10 chapters. So they're like really short chapters. Um, those are like the topics of each one, and 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 something it's something about that book that kind of like switch where like there's there's more than mm-hmm. the essentials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so much more, yeah. and um and and recently you can if if Shane is still listening he could he can attest to this. But we've we've been like doing a little from a rapper we know we've been doing a little bit of research on uh, Martin Luther and like what he's um, during the Refor- yeah flame <laughs> and and like the reformation and it's kind of it's kind of funny because at first i felt a little bit weird about it because i'm re- i'm reminded like we we think about the the bad like the bad things that people do are in the forefront of my of, of my mind mm-hmm. and and how he got the reformation across um was not godly (laughs) but there was a lot of good things that came out of that so um as propaganda would say crooked sticks crooked sticks make straight lines yes um so what's uh, propaganda's poem uh which one the about the pilgrim about the oh uh, precious precious pilgrims puritans precious Precious puritans yes yeah that's 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 the that's the one that's that's really good too. Sorry, I'm going off track. That's the one that's good too because it talks about <clears throat> Puritans and how much devotion they had to God, but also what they were involved with, with slavery. slavery. Right. Um, so if you if you if you're listening, check out Precious Puritans. You got to hear it, and I will print out the words or look at the words on your phone for you to really grasp what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, but and, it kind of encapsulates everything you're saying. Right, sorry. right. Yeah. And so, so back to being stuck at the essentials. The 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 one thing that is resonating with me with Martin Luther that came out is uh, he says that there we're, we're called to two con two kinds of righteousness. Mm-hmm. And what the first kind is being justified before God, which he uses the the Latin phrase "cor Deo," mm-hmm. which is which simply means before God, and then. The other kind of righteousness we call, we're called to is before people, um, which in the Latin phrase he uses is cormundo. And it it's it has me reflecting all the time mm-hmm. um, on the cormundo part yes, um, because of um, our righteousness among other people. Yeah. Um, God does not need our righteousness. Mm. 
but other people need our righteousness. Mm -hmm. And how can we reach? How can we reach other people? And how can, how is God reaching other people? It's through us, Mm -hmm. through the love of of, of us that's overflowing. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's that's where I'm at now. I'm kind of reading, like casually reading the small catechism. Next will be the large catechism. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's that's it, it's it's interesting that to to know the two kinds of righteousness that we are called to. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the most important is Cormundo, which is 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 our relationship with other people. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. I love that you brought up those two points. Um, I love that you brought up A.W. Tozer in the book, Pursuit of God. Um, I love that you guys brought up propaganda. Um, and, and and so I would say in the comment section, I think you guys should just um, <clears throat> put in the comment section the name of the book, the name of the poem, the name of the artist. <clears throat> so if people want to you know, pull it up and then and go research themselves. I think that that would be good. I think it's always good. I think that that's, that's the way I want to kind of wrap every, bring everything together and <laughs> transition out is to give some, mm-hmm. um, some good references for people. And so we can start mm-hmm. there. Um, I also would say that, you know, for, for those who have maybe left the Christian faith or left the church, um, or if you're Christian and, and you are in the church and you want to know how to be able to better defend your Christian faith or you want to be able to, yeah, be able to contend for your faith in compassion and, and share the truth of the gospel to other sisters and brothers who have left or who maybe don't even believe at all, um, I think some resources would be good. So I would say also follow um, the Jew 3 Project. I'm a big fan of the Jew 3 Project project um Mm -hmm. you can go to their website you can go to their youtube videos and find so many different resources and so many different videos that can help um help you to become more equipped with contending for the faith um i also would say there's a podcast called the biz rat um that i listen to as well and, and i watch videos from dr vince bantu online as well um and biz rat is b i s r a t and he he is so he's just so um not just educated but skilled in being able to talk about um the christian faith and also um its roots in africa and being able to really uh dismantle and disprove the beliefs of like um i want to say the Jesus or, or Christianity being the white man's religion or um, those who worship uh, African ancestry, like spiritual worship, he's able to really talk about like um, and, and show why not only is it ungodly, but show that even those that say they believe in it, how their beliefs are even wrong because it doesn't even go back to Africa the way they think it does. And so it's just good to right. give some um, some resources. So again, that's Dr. Vince Van too. Um, the Biz Rat podcast is is fire. Um, Jude 3 Project is also really, really good to listen to. Um, if you want someone who um, is, is from the States and, and PA, not too far from us in Philadelphia, I love to, um, I would refer people to, uh, he, he has a book called Urban Apologetics and his name is slipping my mind. I can see his face in my, in my head and it's about to bother me. Um, <laughs> doctor, uh, give me one second. I can't think of his name. Oh my gosh. And I listen to him all the time. That happens to me all the time. I hate when that happens. <laughs> um, urban apologetics is his book. 
and his name is Eric Mason. Thank you, Jesus. Eric Mason. Okay. okay. Yeah, Dr. <laughs> Eric Mason. I'm like, come on, I know this. Dr. Eric Mason is someone um, that that's really good to, to get his book. Another book that I would refer people to is Reading Wild Black, Black by Esau mm-hmm. McCauley. I read that book twice. I'm telling you, that book will really help transform your um, your mindset. It will help you find um, why it is important to 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 know your black roots and also be Christian and how Jesus does belong to us too, right? He does belong mm-hmm. to us too and that he is for us. Um, and it'll really affirm your faith and your identity as a black person. And so those are some resources mm-hmm. I have. Do you guys have anything that you want to recommend to people? Um, not, not nothing off the top of my head other than what I uh, had talked about earlier, which is A.W. Tozer, Pursuit of God. Um, if you, um, um, some work uh, from uh, Martin Luther, there's a small catechism, which that one's really good because like he, he even goes through like the Ten Commandments and like breaks down like what each thing means to, to us. Um, um, other than that, we, um, if, if you're into listening to music, um, you have Flame, which he, he just started doing some, uh, um, uh, some rapping on like, uh, the Lutheran, um, teachings. And there's one he does on communion. There's one re- recently he did on baptism. Yes. Yeah. There's actually one he does for the social justice that that one's really good mm-hmm. um and the album is the, called um, I think word and, and water word and water yeah yeah word and water yeah word and water is uh is uh yeah the baptism one mm-hmm. um the i think set sales i think it is is the, is the one for um the uh, social justice um that's uh that's 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 pretty much it but i did i did want to say one more thing um that i kind of i kind of like came to a conclusion that if um uh, uh, break is the one for for uh um um uh for the social justice um, but yeah, that, those are the, the rap albums. But I did want to say that I do I do think um, among among men, mm-hmm. um, we're we're kind of slower to getting getting to this. Um, and it's and I'm thinking about my my own life. Like I remember like going out and um, like I'm not aspiring to be like a pastor or like a preacher or anything. But somebody had somebody had brought that up because we were going it was I was going I graduated and then we were going to like um this little bar crawl thing that was like down to Atlanta with my friends and so they were like well isn't he like trying to be a pastor like why is he so just from just from that phrase Mm -hmm. I got uh, I, I just got hesitant on on everything um and I think among men like we don't like to be like too mushy or about even i'm just speaking to myself but mushy about like spiritual things Mm -hmm. um about spiritual growth um we we get stuck at the essentials not to say that most men don't believe we just get stuck with 
I'm okay with just believing. I don't need anything more. I don't need anything less. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I just want to encourage um, men just to to keep diving deep. Um, keep so keep going, and it's 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 uh, spiritually rich. Uh, um, your your social um, friends, like relationships, will get better. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just keep diving in deep. That's a word. I mean, you read the Psalms. Psalms was written so by... The, the Psalms was written by... A lot of them, all of them was written by men. Yeah. And they, those are full of emotion and sentiment, for, especially where God is concerned. Yeah. Um, in the way of life, if that gives anybody any encouragement, but we need it. You know, when we talk about unity racially, but unity between men and women, unity within our church, period. There's so many dimensions to it yeah. that we are, we're seeing gaps. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up too. That, that is like, um, and also like, like fire, that's good. Yeah, it is. It's, it's so true. Um, but you talk about like essentials, um, and we need to figure out what are these essentials? You know what I'm saying? Because I know believing in God is essentials, but they all tell us when you believe there's something that comes out of that. And you mm-hmm. touched on that as well, Cassandra. There's evidence in that. And I I don't do stuff if I really don't believe in, in it. Like I don't put uh, my teeth when if I, I were to lose a tooth right now, I won't put it under the pillow because I don't believe in the tooth fairy right. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> you know, my right. actions back that up. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Christ. Um, how much of it is that we just don't believe? I brought this up at a, a Bible study and a couple of times to you two, we talked about it, but like, we also have to ask ourselves, you know how you said you were, you, you were just scared into faith. Mm. And sometimes I'm wondering if it's that lack of us having really met Jesus yeah. where we are, that has hindered our own faith yeah. because, um, you know, you hear the testimonies of people who really met Jesus. Mm-hmm. They don't care about what they look like, what it sounds like, anything, because they've met him. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we have just encounters, little small encounters with Jesus. Um, sometimes it's all at once. Somebody comes through this drastic thing, but we have to ask ourselves, have we met him for real? And is our life a tribute to us having met him? Right. And if it's not, then we need to fall on our knees. You know, and I know everybody's like, you can't judge. This is not judgment. This is like, no, this, I need to hear that all the time. Yeah. If, if it's not rooted in how I'm living my life, then I need to follow my knees and ask God why and search my heart for why. Right. right. And it's not, um, it's not judgment. It's I'm reading the signature. It's encouragement. Yeah. Um, because it's not too late. If you're still living and breathing on this earth, <laughs> it's not, it's not too late. But, um, I'm reading right now The Signature of Jesus by uh, Brennan Manning, and it is changing my life. I'll probably read it a couple times. Yeah, really <laughs> it's, good, it's, yeah. um, so if you haven't read, it's, I mean, read the first, read the introduction, and you're going to be like, okay, wait a minute. Yeah, I uh, but it's talking it. about I radical. Order it. I need to order it. <laughs> I, I need somebody. I need a lot of people to read it. We, okay. I might need to do a book study on this. I don't know. Um, but it's talking about radical Christian living, which is what we are called to. Yeah, N- not cheap grace. They talk about cheap grace a lot. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, that's so good. That's, everything mm-hmm. has been so good. I feel like we could just go here. We could just sit here for hours and hours. Oh, we I know. Exactly. <laughs> we went a long time, y'all. You know, I hope if you made it to the end, good for you. If yeah. you are yeah. <laughs> listening to this again, right. you know, if you did it in spurts, whatever. 
um, with your water, Lord, that never runs dry. So God, I pray that for the women, the women who, who are hearing this, Lord, um, and even the women who are not, God, I pray, Lord, for, for your radical, radical love. And I only want a revolution. I only want a revival in that regard. I don't want anything else, God. I don't want loud music. I don't want shouting. I want you, however you come, Lord. And we know that sometimes you come in silence. Sometimes you come in, in the background. So I pray that. Lord God, I uh, specifically want to uh, pray for uh, the men who um, just so happen to listen to this or come across this and men in general. Lord God, I pray that they will um, come to you in simplicity, Lord God, mm-hmm. uh, just longing as, as, as the song of Rin Collectus is longing for your purity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I pray that you can just uh, strip every logic um, uh, strip it down to just seeing you and meeting you. Um, I pray that they will meet you, Lord. I pray that that um, that um, because of this, Lord God, that relationships will grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, relationships with family, spouses, um, girlfriends, Lord. I, I just I pray that um, that they will know how to love because you love them first. Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and I pray for them uh, um, to not be afraid uh, to grow spiritually and to understand what that means to grow spiritually. Um, and I pray that they will cling, um, that you will put someone in their life um, that will be a part of their community and walk alongside of them to help them grow in that way, that they will be discipled in that way properly, Lord. Um, thank you for this opportunity uh, uh, that we have that we can share um, what you have shown us, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we just want to say goodnight to the people. You guys stay right there. We're going to say goodnight to the people, though. So we thank y'all for watching and for listening and for playing it back. Um, shoot us some, mm-hmm. some text on Facebook. <laughs> Or through and I want to know if you got to the end. I really, <laughs> really do. If you read yeah. it all the way through, yeah. even if it's it. a yeah. week. <laughs> so hold on. I'm going to um, go ahead and end this live. Give me one second. This has been a conversation with Cassandra and my special guests, Jerron and Carol Chambers. I love you guys. Um, thank you guys for listening. And we will see you guys soon. All right. Let me.